0: Hey, everybody, you're listening to Big Things with Zach Miko. And on today's episode, I sit down with Bruce Sturgill from Chubster. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the theme song. All right, and welcome back to Big Things with Zach Miko. As always, I am your host, Zach Miko. I hope everyone has had a great Easter this weekend. If you celebrate Easter, I hope everyone had a good Passover. If you celebrate Passover, I hope everyone had a good weekend. If you don't celebrate any of those, and if you don't celebrate weekends, you got to relax. Or you could be like me before I started modeling, and you work every weekend. In which case, make that money you know, do what you got to do. Uh, we have a great episode for you guys today. Um, if you guys don't know who Bruce Sturgill is of Chubster.com, you're crazy, everybody. Um, Bruce is the godfather of the big and tall movement, like uh, or the adoration of the big and tall movement that we know so well that I'm a part of. My whole career started because of Bruce. Um, I started doing some Target Ecom, which is like bottom of the rung, like you know, just like it's it's a point of purchase thing. It's not a huge ad. It's not plastered billboards everywhere. It's just when you go to a T-shirt and you go, "Well, oh, I want that T-shirt," and you click on it, you see a picture of me. So, um, Bruce Sturgill, as eagle-eyed as ever, he had Chubster.com, which is a lifestyle brand for big and tall guys, or not even just guys, girls too. Anyone who's into the bigger masculine clothing, people of size who need style, who need bigger clothes. He's the guy. He is the website that you find all your tips and tricks, and he's absolutely amazing. Um, But anyway, we sat down for an interview probably like a year ago, I want to say. But, you know, he's the best at what he does, so I wanted to bring him back. And we also did a little bit of a crossover because he's releasing a new podcast himself for Chubster. If you guys know know about Bruce, he actually already has a podcast with Jody from Bearskin, called um heavy conversations which is very good please go subscribe and do all that stuff but he's hiring and starting a new one for chubster as well and you know him and i love to talk so i was like well come back on big things and let's talk about all of the things um we talk about you know the generation the generation the evolution that's a better word the evolution of this big and tall movement that's been going on and how the industry changed so much in the last three years since him and i met it's only been like three years like three and a half years i've known the guy but it's pretty amazing to see where this world has gone since then anyway guys i'm blabbering, and blabbering and blabbing on so without further ado ladies and gentlemen my interview with bruce sturgill Ladies and gentlemen, I am sitting here with the Godfather of the Big and Tall movement, uh, <laughs> Mr. Bruce Sturgill from Chubster. Yo, what's happening, buddy? Hey, man. We've done this before. If for any of you diehard listeners, you'll know that Bruce has been on here before. Yes. Um, but you know, we like talking to each other.
1: Absolutely, and th- this is fun because we are actually we're in a tiny hotel room. It's very small. Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm sitting on the bed right now.
0: Hello. You're on I feel chair. like it's a weird casting couch situation <laughs> where I'm just like oh my god it, it's yeah. a little it's a little weird there's one chair in the room and i claimed it so. it's good it's good this works <laughs> this works i like it oh my god but this is also going to be the is this your inaugural episode also yes so so uh
1: for a long time i've wanted to do a chubster podcast so yeah we do we do have a heavy conversation which is the podcast that i do with uh, with jody Uh, From Bearskin. It's the two of us, you know, just kind of talking about whatever comes up. But I wanted to do a podcast that was really more Chubster specific, that was kind of like the audio version of Chubster, because um, I like the idea of being able to interview people and talk to them about their experiences. It's super fun. I I, I know. I'm I'm very into doing it. (laughs) I listen to your show and it's like, yes, this is awesome. So I want to do that, but I also want to let people tell their stories and do. Some different things that don't really fit the format of, of heavy conversation. Yeah. So, you know, this is the first one. It felt like it made a lot of sense for us, you know, to be totally. able to talk to you and make this the, the first one. I feel like, one.
0: well, so much of our career is intertwined with each other. Right. So just a little, a quick synopsis for those who don't know this story. Um, I owe my career to Bruce because I had my first little random gig I, uh, I started with target doing their e-com which is not a big thing people think <laughs> it is they're like oh he's a model the e-com is it really e-com is a step above stock photography it goes like like in in the in like the modeling hierarchy it goes like stock photography e-com uh, marketing uh like editorial campaign on upwards. Right. But like e-com is definitely e-com for those of you who don't know what it is. It's when you go to um, a website like target, for example. Sure. And you saw a nice advertisement of a different person right. uh, wearing this t-shirt and you're like, that's a good t-shirt. I'm going to go to their website and get it. I, there's at the point of purchase where you click add to cart, there's a picture of me in that t-shirt and yes. that's, that's as glamorous as it was. <laughs> um, but Bruce was all eagle-eyed, yep. and so Bruce um, has uh, Chubster.com, right. which is a lifestyle slash everything. It started off as just like
1: a blog, right? It did. Like, it, it totally started off as a blog. I would say it is now kind of like a GQ for fat guys.
0: Exactly. Mm. No, That's yeah. exactly what it is. It's like a big men's lifestyle brand. Right. Um, it's grown so much, <laughs> and, and it's like, but at the time, you know, he was writing, um, you know, everyone already loved Chubster it's doing its thing and then he being his eagle-eyed self is like looking through Target mm. and he writes a article one day entitled did Target just sneak a plus size guy into their e-com website yeah and it has Bruce you're sitting there explaining like there's this guy and he's not like the other models right and he's like you know he has like a belly and he has like you know love handles and he's <laughs> And he's there. He, he's on this website. Right. And they are not saying anything about it. And I had a friend post that and I saw myself on the headline, like, you know, in the picture in the yeah. thumbnail. And so then I wrote to you. I just went to Chubster and went to the contact thing and I was like, hey, man, I'm that dude you just wrote about <laughs> if you want to talk. Like, yeah. did you expect to actually hear
1: from me directly? I did not, because <laughs> uh, our friends at Target were not uh, talking to me at the time. It was very difficult for me for a long time to yeah. get contacts with companies. I mean, I've been doing this nine years now, and yeah. it has, you know, a lot of that has changed. But uh, especially early on, just trying to, to talk to people at these different companies was, was really difficult. And so I was looking at the site. I saw your photo, had to
0: write about it. And it was one of those things that I wrote. It was like a five-minute article. Those it was were- quick. It was not a long article. Like, right. it, it was It was literally you just asking the question like, hey, I think they snuck a guy in there just right. to let everyone know.
1: Totally. And it, it was this thing. Then you reached out and we talked. And uh, I put that interview up on the site. Yeah. And it kind of just blew up from there.
0: It exploded. Yeah. It came out of no... Like that was... Right. I mean... I feel like we both got so much. I got so much traffic because now my name was out there and yeah. the people like there was a face of the name and because you wrote that story. And then what's funny is, and this is what I learned in, um, in like digital journalism versus like the New York times or something like that mm. in digital journalism. It seems like one person does the work and then everyone else reposts that work with their title because right. you and i did this great interview where we talked for a long time and it was a great article and then like buzzfeed and huffington post and mike.com and all these they came out and basically almost copy pasted your art like they totally. they, they, they like did a little bibliography they're like you know f- f- you know via chubster we're telling you this right but it was kind of like, wow, they just really, they just took Bruce's article and reposted it. But now it says Huffington Post above it versus Chubster. It's hilarious because that is still the same thing. Like yeah, I inadvertently a couple weeks
1: ago broke like uh, financial news. I wrote, I wrote this thing, and it got picked up by Reuters, and Uh-oh. then it went everywhere. And it, they, they would put this uh, as first. Uh, Reported by the fashion blog Chubster, (laughs) you know. So I'm like, well, you know, you take what you can get.
0: I mean, I mean, it's true, but it's 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 so funny that that's how it works. I mean, because I did have other people reaching out to me to do interviews after that, right? But the vast majority. I had the small, like the smaller blogs and whatnot wanted to talk to me. The big sure. public, the big online publications like your BuzzFeed and your Chub and, and, your Chubster. <laughs> and like your BuzzFeed and your Huffington Post and your Mikes and right. your Yahoo's, they just reposted your article. Totally. Instead.
1: And I'm like, you know what? I'll, I'll I'll take that as a compliment if they want It is a great compliment. Yeah. And just the fact that, that they took that and ran with it just it was, it was obvious
0: to me that there was something here that. Was missing. Yeah, because I went from doing that, and then I, you know, interviewed with other online companies, Mm -hmm. and then after that, I did a story in the New York Post, and I was Uh on Good Morning America, and like it was weird and it was crazy. I really disappointed some paparazzi on Good Morning America Uh. because what they do is there's paparazzi staked outside of the exit door, like the studio exit, which is like just a nondescript black door, but of course all the paparazzi know that's the exit. And they stand outside of it to like catch celebrities as they're leaving the interviews, and I like went out, and as soon as the door opens, there's a bunch of flashes, and then there was like an audible oh, uh. come on," <laughs> and I was like, "Thanks, guys, bye." They were like, "Who the fuck is this?" I'm, like, uh, "Lovely." Oh, they're like, "We don't know who this guy is." Right. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, if you didn't, if we didn't do that article together, I would not have a modeling career because even. Even for like months and months after that, Target was still my only client. Like yeah. I, I, didn't like catapult to stardom. It was the it was the, um, the news that like that the wave of news that came after the Chubster article that started it all. That started that wave. It really
1: legitimized Chubster for that kind of content and that kind of information in yeah. in a way that it that it hadn't been before. Where, uh, the fact that uh you know we had that interview and and that that first article went out, and then you went on to do everything you, that you're doing now was one of those things that uh it definitely stood out you know? yeah and, and it is it's it's still today it's one of those one of the things I'm most proud of I think it's a big milestone for the growth of this thing totally that we started, but I also think that it has. Um, it's opened up a lot of doors with other companies, like looking at this and being like, "Okay, so there's something legit here." You
0: yeah. Know? Now you started Chubster from literally like frustration from being a big and tall shopper. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So.
1: I, uh, I lived in the Midwest at the time. Yeah. And St. Louis. Uh, so I'm from. That's, for, that's where you're from. Yeah. I'm from St. Louis, but I lived in Springfield, Missouri at the time. So. <gasps> that's the
0: capital. Yes. Well, that's the, one. <laughs> the Springfield- No, it's not Jefferson no, City. That's is. right. God that's damn right. it. Springfield's the capital that's, of Illinois. Yeah. 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 That's the one, like, you little. Were close. you close. That's were- the one little party trick I have is I know. I fucked that one up, but I know most of the state capitals right. because it was the one thing I remember from fifth grade. We were like <laughs> drilled in. It was an animaniac song about it. That's the only reason I know them. (laughs) Jefferson City. Yep.
1: Which I don't know anyone who's ever lived there. Yeah. Yeah. So I lived in in Springfield and I you know I could go to the mall and I was at that line where sometimes I could find things but usually I couldn't. And the things that I could find I didn't really want to wear. Yeah. I could go to the Big and Tall stores, and at that point, Big and Tall was not at all thinking about anybody who was, like, my age, and I was in my late 20s at that point. It was all, like, office wear. Totally. It was literally just, like, khakis and button-downs, and that's it. It was Hawaiian shirts and not the cool kind that we see today, like the one that I'm wearing right Again, now. Again,
0: Hawaiian shirts have made yes. a huge comeback. I'm wearing they Hawaiian have. Shorts right now, are, and I love them. You are. Like, Hawaiian have made a huge comeback because they just made them better. They like, did. They just made them cooler. They did. The
1: prints are awesome, all of that. Yeah. At, at the time, though, that was not the thing. And so I could find that. I could find the tracksuits, that kind of thing. Yeah. Things that my dad would wear, but that I didn't want to wear. Yeah. So I would leave empty-handed. You know, and it was the whole thing where you'd go into a store, and they'd see the fat guy come in, and they'd be like, oh. I know. You know, so <laughs> I was frustrated, and I started a blog on Tumblr. And the blog on Tumblr got some traction and people you know i realized there was just a community there oh yeah and chubster came out of that about six months later so in 2011 march of 2011 is when it technically launched and uh um I mean, the mission was really to help uh, men of size find, create, and share their style, and it was really a selfish way for me to kind of figure out where I where I could find clothes that I wanted that yeah. I wanted to wear, and to to really explore the things I was interested in. But I learned really quickly that there were so many people out there that needed uh, tips and resources and yeah. all of that, and that there were so many people who wanted masculine clothing that weren't like me. You know, no, totally. And it's grown into this much bigger thing and it's really turning into more of a platform as opposed as opposed to like a site that this guy runs you know no so.
0: exactly it's becoming it's 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 taken over it's yeah. doing its thing. <laughs> um yeah no it, it's it's i mean it, my my journey was very similar as far as like we've all if you're over a certain size you've walked into stores there's there's whole stores at the mall that people love that I cannot walk into and yep. it's like I get mad I the other day I got really mad um, I was with a buddy who is much smaller than me and he it was just as simple as he wanted to get shoes and we were we're in Florida actually and he's like let's walk into Zara and I was like I'm gonna get oh. mad I don't want to go in here I'm gonna get mad and he's like I'm just buying shoes real quick let's go in here and of course immediately I start looking at sizes because that's what I do anytime I go in so totally. like you know now that I'm like in the industry I'm like what do they do not even fucking close to something I can wear. No. And it's infuriating because Zara is like the cool brand right now. Right. I feel like Zara right now is kind of like what H&M was a couple of, like when I was in high school. When yeah. I was in high school, H&M was the coolest thing you could wear. <laughs> right, like, right. Or, Well, like yeah, high school, no, college. Absolutely. High school, college age. H&M was the coolest thing you can wear. Now H&M is still super cool, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong, but now I think like Zara is like the cool wave right, right now and they don't come close, and I get mad. Like, growing up big is you going to all of these... Stores in the mall with your friends, knowing you can't buy anything when you get in there. Mm -hmm. That's why fucking Hot Topic was so popular. For one, they had the nerd stuff and they had the band T-shirts. But also, Hot Topic went up in sizes where no one else did. Hot Topic had clothes for fat people. Absolutely, and I like fucking (laughs) love them for that. Right. It was the only place I can buy like a three X T-shirt. Like. Yeah. Yeah. You had no other options.
1: Yeah. And it was. It's so. I actually went into H H&M and a couple of weeks ago, just uh, shop mostly shopping for my kids. But, yeah, uh, I had
0: to stop by the men's section and look, and it was it was disappointing. You know, H and M, they're they're. I don't know. They haven't. I mean, I've never worked with them or anything like right. that. It's always funny. I'd always try not to talk about brands specifically, yeah, just because there's right. always that like one day I might work for them thing, right? When they. But do now their I'm work. starting to get to the point in my career where I'm a little more like, no, I'm going to call you out, and if you want me to come work for you and 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 address my grievances and right. like, that's the thing. I uh, I was talking to Jenny Runk, which I actually got like the Facebook notification like one year ago today. So one year ago today, I interviewed Jenny Runk for my podcast. Right. Uh, For those of you who don't know, Jenny Runk's an amazing plus model, and she works for H and M all the time. H and M's really good about women's plus, yeah, men's big and tall, right? Um, But she said something perfect where it's kind of like, because I'd get mad at these brands. So she was working with um, Abercrombie and Fitch, and because they, and Abercrombie and Fitch has grown a lot as a company, but when I was in high school. And when I was in college, the CEO specifically said, I don't want fat people wearing my clothes. Right. So I asked her about it. And, of course, she was like, I'm – she had the best answer. She goes, you're right. You know, stuff like that happens. She goes, I'm never going to get mad at someone for wanting – at a person or a company for wanting to be better than they were. And I was like, that's really good advice. Because it's like, yeah, I can be annoyed with, like, Zara and H&M now. But if they came to me and said, hey – We're going to expand our sizes. I'm like, great, great. Then it's almost like all's forgiven because I'm like, good. Yeah, let's move on. Let's move past it. Let's not get mad. Let's just move forward. Yeah,
1: you can't be stuck in the past with the things that they didn't do because now if they're coming back around and they are trying
0: to make something work. Yeah. that's If they're trying to make it right, it's like I feel like that's actually a thing that happens in like our world, especially in our like current culture right now is the whole idea of canceling people canceling brands canceling celebrities which is just so weird it's so like finalizing and it's like oh this person said one thing you didn't like and now even though they even they could have bring you hours of joy and hours of fulfillment but But because they said one thing they didn't like yeah i I don't know know. there's a big difference between however there's also like that the fine line when it comes to like if the one thing you said that I didn't like was like hate speech or you like abusing a person, then yeah, you're canceled. But like (laughs) when someone's like, Oh, they didn't, they didn't clap hard enough for Lady Gaga. We're done with him. And it's like, there's no middle ground. There's There's no no middle ground. ground. There's no middle ground anymore. Right. Which is, it's good in a way because there's definitely things that, for example, in the me too movement, like, it was it's it was time for zero tolerance. Sure, it was time for nope. Get everyone the fuck out. We had zero tolerance. Oh, but what this guy did wasn't as bad as what this guy did. I don't give a fuck. They're both gone. Like, right. and I and I am a thousand percent behind that. Mm. But I feel like part of that translated into like a lot of other things. Sure, and we've now gotten to this point where a difference of opinion is a reason to never talk to a person. Again. Right, and it's like oh, that's that's not the best because it, it leaves out. The whole idea for growth i could be mad at abercrombie and fitch for the rest of my life because the ceo was a dick right. and said i don't ever want fat people wearing my clothing i think they're disgusting but then they expand their sizes and they're like are trying to in a way atone for it and sure. in a way not atone because they're gonna make money they're gonna, gonna make like money. that right but culturally for me i'm like yeah. it's good that the average if if it might matter now as an adult I can be petty about it and be like, Well, you didn't want us before, why would I buy it now? Right. But for that teenage kid that all of their all of their friends it out of Crombie and Fitch and now he can too. That's a huge difference. It's a game changer. Yeah, yeah, because that's what that's what that's what big people want. When everyone asks me, like, well, what what, what do big people want in clothing? I'm like, right. exactly what the skinny people have. Totally, the same options. That's exactly it. Yeah, we yeah. just want the same. We want literally the same. Yeah, like I I mean, if I was able to go into these stores. With my friends as a teenager, I spent the whole time like when we'd go to the mall, which is, an I know, also antiquated. People do not do that anymore. But when I went right. to the mall as a kid, I hung out in the food court, like where, oh, yeah. or, or or in or in like GameStop or in like the CD store, like right. that's where I went. I couldn't, I didn't go into the clothing stores. Why? Why bother? Yeah, you can't get anything. It's not, it's not worth it. Yeah, except for Hot Topic, I have a very special place <laughs> in my heart for Hot Topic. Hot Topic was amazing. I and remember. Spencer's Gifts. Spencer's Gifts was the first time as a child. I oh, like not as a child, as a teenager, I saw sex toys for sale openly. Oh yeah, because they always right. had like just like a dildo, and you're just like, what? <laughs> what? Is I'm in this? the mall. My mom's yep. over there, and that's a vibrator. Yeah. Right. Is so, I don't know. I never knew how they got away with that. I was like, everywhere else, you have to like show your ID at the door and go in, right? Whereas they could just be like, no. Nah. However, now you, you can buy a vibrator at Walgreens. Like, can you really? Yep. Wow. It's real weird it in the family planning section. Well, there we go. I guess just an interesting, yeah, we're, we're, we're growing as a culture. We are. We are. <laughs> oh,
1: man. Yeah. It's, uh, it has been really interesting. You know, I think like, Jumping back to kind of uh, how we met, how things yeah. got started and where uh, things are at now, I feel like the last three or four years
0: have really we've seen a lot of growth. We've seen things really change. We went from an industry that didn't exist right to now being an industry, yeah, exactly as we said <laughs> like right. it I mean <clears throat> I think like how much is like you talked about it like legitimizing chubster like you went from chubster being a thing you did on the side, right? And now it's your life. It and is now it's yeah. your whole life. Like right. the fact that that happens is amazing. It was it was a lot of work, and and I
1: absolutely want to get the point across that if you are trying to build something, you're trying to do something and get out there. If you're interested in, I, I don't know, people want to be influencers or they want to get out there and be models or get famous or whatever. Yeah, most of this stuff takes a lot of work. This has been something that I've been working at for almost a decade now. Yeah, oh and yeah. And it's not easy. It takes it takes a lot of work and a lot of dedication to get here. I think that the big, you know, it, it was definitely a turning point when you got out there mm-hmm. and started doing your thing because uh, you're part of mainstream culture in a way that is really interesting. That what, what I love about, of the many things that I love about you, one of the things thank that- Thank you, thank you. One of the things that really stands out to me is that um, you are the face of this idea. you're the face of an idea that um people weren't open to at all in the mainstream before yeah I think before uh, you started doing this that there just wasn't nobody else was doing it no you, you weren't no. especially not at the level
0: you know there was, there was very. There were a couple dad looking guys right. who did like lifestyle stuff, but never for fashion. They sure. would be in like the ED medicine commercial. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. They'd be like, so there was a couple guys doing like lifestyle modeling, but right. there was no one there was no one doing it to the level. I'm not again, I, I always get uncomfortable when people would be like Oh, that's Zach. He's the first plus size male model ever. And I was like, please don't say that. Right, that's right. By no means true. Sure. I was the first signed by a major agency. I was the right. first to work for a major brand. Right. Let's say that. Which it which is which is, you know, which is true. But I'm like, do not don't say I was the first because right. I I'm right. not. Because there were so many people like I got. There's are some people that like I'm friend like we are now friends, we are now on yeah. good terms that I could tell were like not happy about people saying stuff like sure. that in the beginning. You know, guys who had been doing it whether they had a blog or whether they were just putting themselves out there who had been doing it for like a long time right. at a at a more artistic level. Sure. Let's say and right. like they were pissed. They were, yeah. I actually when I had uh when it, when some article I had this weird, almost Twitter feud with um, the Fat Jewish on oh, Twitter. God. Wow. Because I did not respond. Or I did not say anything. But, yeah. but you know, some people put out Zach Miko the first plus-size male model. And then the Fat Jewish um, responded <laughs> and, like, just went on this long thing about how he was the first plus-size male model. Uh. And for the people who don't know, he's a... He's the uh, quintessential influencer, if you will. He does comedy. He does um, uh, like strong reaction videos. He's a entertainer. He's he's. I think he's funny a lot of the times. But his whole thing is to like just bust everyone's chops about everything. Right. So it was funny. It was like weird to like they announced me and I'm like, am I having a Twitter spat with the fat Jewish on? I'm not I'm not right. gonna respond. This is weird because <laughs> I was
1: like <laughs> Well I, I think that the I think the difference with you is that um, I feel like you you've been able to connect with people in, in a way that uh, that other big and tall models have not, that other male models haven't. Because number one, this just wasn't being talked about before. Sure, no. there there were other models before you, but they mm-hmm. were not out there in the zeitgeist they weren't being this wasn't a conversation that was being had no i also think that uh you are really relatable and i think that you are yeah (laughs) thank you thank you yeah Yeah. i'm
0: like shrugging like "Hmm, Uh, well thank
1: you bruce more please yeah no i i think that you're i think you're really relatable and i think that um that you
0: seem like you seem like a dude that that you would know this you, is my no, buddy from no. school yeah i I, yeah. I i had had i, I had said that in a conversation with someone once we were talking about they're like why do you think it worked and i said because every person in the world has someone in their life that i remind them of right and it's always a guy they liked <laughs> like, totally. i don't know it's because i am even though i'm from new england i have like that typical like kind of midwestern like lumberjacky right. kind of like High school football player look Even though I did not play football in high school But I have that like look And I'm like everyone knew that guy Because when you're big And you're growing up And you're a teenager You get two choices Um, I can either Become a bully Mm -hmm. Essentially And be a big old dick to everybody And be like The stooge for the popular kids Like essentially be the muscle for the Captain of the football team right. and get acceptance from that way. That's one option. Or I can go gentle giant syndrome and be nice and be funny the and funny have people fat guy. like and be the funny yep. fat guy. Yep. And that's what I chose to do was right. be the funny fat guy, which is way more enjoyable. You make way less enemies. <laughs> Everything totally. is good. And because of that, because like that's the choice big guys get growing up. I think everyone had a gentle giant in their life that they enjoyed. So because of that, like I, I kind of just hit that like old like like bone in their body for them of them being like, Oh yeah, he's like that dude. That guy was that guy was nice. We liked that guy. And
1: there there are so many things where I, I think that there are some people I, I definitely thought it for a long time that when I thought about male models, I thought about, you know, I had this preconceived notion that it was like these snooty upscale people that, that you wouldn't connect
0: with and absolutely and the, you they there it's, it's not that different and right uh, some of the straight model sure. there's a lot of and don't get me wrong there's a ton of straight sized men male models that i am friends with that i love right. that are great dudes but you definitely on jobs run into the ones where you're like oh this guy knows he's a model uh, like you know what i yeah, mean he's right. like stuff like that where you're like oh he's yeah he started this like also a lot of those guys start at like 16 so they never have a real job in their life and they don't know what things are like Like, for me the smell of like fresh cut grass garbage and stale beer is still too strong in my nose for me to ever get like uppity on a job or anything like that right Right. i'm like no no i could go right back to mowing lawns and pouring beer in like two seconds totally and and there's something valuable valuable
1: about having that and being able to like know that you know, I, I feel lucky for for me personally with everything I do with Chubster and yeah. getting to do. You know, I'm I'm a 39 year old man who uh, has uh, well three kids, two kids. Yeah, know, two third kids one's away. coming
0: up, everybody. Yeah, and
1: and I'm uh, I'm able to uh, model. I'm doing. Yeah, I'm
0: actually doing some modeling now, and it's like we're literally meeting at this time because you had a modeling gig earlier today right yeah exactly (laughs) which is
1: amazing it is it's ridiculous and it's one of those things that with the modeling stuff i definitely never set out to do it and even even with chubster i never really it was something i started on a whim you know i i didn't put thought into it and that to see that it has turned into this has just been like it's insane to think that this is actually something that you can do. I mean,
0: don't get me wrong, yeah. it takes a lot of work, but Oh, it takes a ton of work. Yeah. And it's I, like I even I I I know what I'm doing when it comes to modeling. Right. Like at this point. Yeah. It took me years, but now like for the first time in my life I'm like, I'm a good model. I know what I'm doing. Right. I'm good at this. I can do it. But there's like other aspects of modeling that like Well, not so much modeling itself, but the influencer side of it. Every model is expected to be an influencer Uh. on on social media. And for those of you who follow me, know that I'm inconsistent as shit. I still post things fairly often, but like I... It's just it's it's so much effort and it feels so disingenuous to it me, me it that I hate doing it. I like doing the podcast because I am always genuinely talking to another person. Right. So I'm always like, if you guys want to hear what I have to say, listen to the podcast because I'm being real then. Right. Whereas when I do a 15 minute Insta- or a 15 second Instagram story. Or even when I'm like I tried doing I started this new like morning coffee video things that I do like a couple times a week where it's just like a check in and I'm like, hey, guys, it's the morning. This is what I have going on. hope everyone has a good day. Yeah. I still feel so disingenuous doing it, even when I have something like, so I kind of even backed off of those. I still do them, but I started off doing them every single day until I got three days in a row where I realized I said nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, right. I was like, I'm not, I'm just fluffing this up. That's the thing. And, and
1: I feel like with social media, you are encouraged to say something, even if it is nothing.
0: You're, you're encouraged to be fluff. Right? Right. And it drives me nuts sometimes because it's yeah. like, I think that's why some influencers Get in Twitter spats and Instagram beefs with other people because it it's something to, something to do, <laughs> it's yep. something to do. But you're expected to keep posting. You're expected to do stuff. You're expected to go live. Right. And it's like, what am I going live for? No. I'm not. And I feel like there are days that, and also like I'm very. I think I have like this old school working mentality, mm-hmm. where everyone's like, why don't you post while you're on set? Why don't you do this? I'm like, because I'm working. Like, I don't know. There's part of me that I'm like, I'm just, I want to focus on work. Right. I don't want to be like, I feel like I get constantly divided trying to stay connected to social media at all times. If I, so I've kind of like, I'm enjoying my social media more now because I've, I think I just hit a point where I'm like, I'm no longer going to worry about my follower count. I'm no longer worried about that. I'm just going to exist, and I will post when I think things are cool or when I think a photo is nice or something like that, but that's it. Like
1: uh, yeah, I, I like that. I like that. I think it makes a lot of sense. And I, for for me, I feel like like today when I did the photo shoot today, I was posting photos from behind the scenes stuff and all totally. that. And it was. And on one hand, it's fun, but on the other hand, I I don't. For me personally, I don't like the idea of being like, look at this great thing that I get to do. Yeah, you know, it's
0: it's also as a. I think it also comes down to being a bigger person where yeah. we're expected to be reserved at all times totally because if we aren't reserved yep. it freaks people out because we're big and they think we're dangerous right. so it's like, right i think it comes into like you know i spent most of my life trying to be less seen sure rather than so because of that it's like an internalized humbleness of of that being like oh i don't want to post i feel like i'm bragging and you're totally just like it feels weird i don't want to be bragging Like someone's going to call me out for it They're like oh great Zach you're doing this thing I'm (laughs) like no I just I don't know Like it's, it's It's weird but those are like You know the little insecurities that we've drilled Into ourselves that without a doubt We'll never go I mean I'm better At recognizing them now yeah and like Calling them out in myself but Left unchecked they still show up every Single time absolutely I just have The tools now to recognize that That's what's happening
1: My, you know, my, one of the things that that has really helped me is that the way that I look at what I'm doing with Chubster is that I'm really trying to help people is that I want it to be a resource. Yeah. I want, you know, we're, we're writing articles or do, we're giving people tips We're, you know, we're doing, we're doing our own photo shoots with whether it's me or, you know, some other guy that we bring in to, you know, wear the clothing that we're talking about with, you know, that we're writing about or to use a product or whatever we're doing these things that hopefully help people i mean even our video series those kind of things that we're doing are specifically made to give the reader or the viewer things that will help them in their lives so yeah i think that is for me that's the bigger goal like i love being able to do like today this is awesome i never i never thought that i would be modeling i absolutely never
0: you know same yeah
1: and and the fact that Uh, you know, I've been able to do this is awesome. But what is even more awesome about the whole thing is that I believe that doing some of that stuff helps push everything forward. And I look at what you do, and I think the fact that you're doing this at the scale that you're doing it has Mm. opened the door for tons of other people to be able to get in and start doing it.
0: Thanks. I mean, I hope so. That's the whole plan. Yeah. I mean, we went from me being the only person that now... IMG has like six guys now. Right. Uh, Wilhelmina has like eight guys, and those are the two biggest modeling agencies in the world. And they both have plus men's boards. Oh, you know, we call it Braun. They call it Titans. Sure. Everyone comes up with a weird name for right. it. They don't know what to call it, but it means <laughs> bigger guys. Um, but even other ones like Bridge and State and like, yeah, people yeah, are yeah. all these agencies are having bigger guys on there. Because we proved the concept. It was a new thing. I remember when I got signed to IMG, someone wrote an article that IMG was kind of annoyed with about a year out. And they're like, they launched Zach Miko a year ago, but now what? Where's Uh, the other guys? Right. And I remember like my manager was like hurt because he was just like, what do you mean now what? They yeah. just invented a category that didn't exist and got Zach paid and he was able to go full time doing it. And right. now we're making these other connections. And now these brands that have never done big and tall are expanding into big and tall. What do you mean? What is totally. their whole thing was like, oh, well, they haven't signed another guy yet. And he goes, cause we want to make sure that one dude will make money first. Right. Like, let's like, let's not, we don't want to get, you know, uproot because it uproots your whole life to switch. You're switching careers. You're switching everything, right. what you're doing. And, and it's like, we, You know, we want to check with people before we uproot their whole lives. And it's like... you got to make sure it's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we're just going to fuck one... If we're going to fuck up, we're going to (laughs) fuck up this one guy's life, (laughs) and then we'll figure it out. Luckily, they did not fuck it up. They made it way better, which I'm happy about. Things
1: are changing so much. When I started doing this, uh, nobody would give me the time of day. I would reach out to major retailers. Nobody would talk to me. Nothing. You know? Oh, you're going to open that beer. I'm going to do the same here while... Yes, oh, that was a
0: good sound. Uh, I held the mic up to it. That's so this good. is a little homage to um, Bruce's other podcast, Heavy Conversations. Him and Jody have a beer. Yes, every single time. And since he's, um, you know, in New York from Portland. Um, he's in Brooklyn, which mm. has a lot of great breweries yes. and uh, Brooklyn breweries. Actually, I can see it from this window. There it is. Yes. <laughs> and, and, so a lot of great breweries, but I live in Queens <laughs> and Queens and Brooklyn have a very friendly rivalry. So this is from LIC Beer Project it, it, uh, in Queens, New York, and it is their automatic work untitled for Imperial IPA. Which means it has a lot of alcohol. This is this is going to go on
1: on the uh, the heavy conversation beer list just because as as, as a, it should yeah. as it should yeah
0: so it's one of my favorite parts of your guys thing is that you always <laughs> they everyone is like oh by the way what are we drinking yeah you're always drinking something crazy because you guys have so many local breweries out in uh, in Oregon right yeah and
1: we are we are working on uh, we want to do a weird beer uh, episode
0: where we just drink.
1: There, there are some insane beers.
0: I want to take you. Uh, then, yeah. then what we got to do. So yeah. in my hometown, Stratford, Connecticut, mm. there's a brewery called Two Roads Brewing Company. And they are incredible. And they've quickly become one of the top micro brews in the Northeast. And they're amazing. And they're so amazing and they're so... Because they always had ingenious things, but they always wanted to go a little too far sometimes, like like a little wild with their beers. So what they did is they opened a second brewery. Whoa. And now they have two roads, Area 2, uh, which is only experimental, like, sours and barrel-aged and weird beers. Yes. And, and it's... So you got to come there one time. It's the coolest Absolutely. stuff. Like, they have the weirdest stuff. but it's And that's why it's fun to go there, because they're like, yeah, if you want uh you know the ipas and the pilsners and the stouts and whatnot go right. next door if you want to come here you can get some weird shit that's what i'm talking about <laughs> crazy beer that's that's what
1: i like i know there was a there was a there's a brewery in in portland that did a they made a, a beard beer they made it with the yeast from the master brewer's beard
0: that's revolting well but i, I tried it okay. i tried it
1: and it was it was a very light beer it wasn't do I really have,
0: a- do i have yeast in my beard
1: Yes, apparently we have yeast all over How ourselves. How am I gonna get it? Try not to th- try not to think too much about it because it's that's <laughs> horrifying. But uh, oh, yes, that's gross. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, that's good to numb. Yeah, all right, right, back to back, back to anything else. Back to
0: body positivity <laughs> and big and tall clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but this beer is very good. Yes. Um, there's also there's a bunch of good ones. I'm going to shout out the ones in Queens real quick, just in case they're listening. Because there's, there's a couple that are my favorite. I yep. see Beer Projects, great. Um, Single Cut Brewing mm. is also um, really great. That's in Astoria. Um, and I think my favorite is probably Big Alice Brewing Company, which, uh, the only reason I didn't bring you Big Alice is because they were closed. Ah. So <laughs> that's the only reason I, Yeah, I was there too early. So they were closed. LIC Beer Project was open early. So I grabbed it and they're my, they're probably my favorite one in there. So I'm going to, the next time you hang out, I'll give you more Queens beers. Brooklyn has nice. great beers, but I like Queens beers better.
1: Next time I'm here, I, I, I have enjoyed Brooklyn. This is my, my second time here. And mm-hmm this uh same area but i
0: i would really like to uh explore a little more like there's not to queen yeah or, go to queens you know, go stay yeah. in long island city or something that's that they have a yeah. bunch of hotels and stuff nice astoria has like one astoria is not a big hotel thing yeah. astoria is so what what williamsburg because we're in williamsburg right what it is doing right now are 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 Astoria is doing right now what Williamsburg did like 10 years ago. Really? So it's like it's on a huge upswing. I'm not going to be able to afford to live there soon. Right, <laughs> right. But it's like super cool and trendy. And it's like 10 years ago when Williamsburg went from like not a nice place to like mm. the trendiest area to live.
1: So I live in Portland, Oregon, and Williamsburg reminds me so much of certain parts of Portland. Oh, like, yeah. It, it like, it's like being in the same, the same city. It it's insane. like...
0: Well, I think Brooklyn and Portland are the two, like, hipster meccas of the world. Totally. So there's the West Coast and the East Coast hipster meccas. Right. It's Portland and Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think the only reason I didn't move to Brooklyn when I first moved here is because I couldn't afford it. I believe it. And then I... And then... But Queens and Brooklyn have a very... um, in I, like borderline intense rivalry like oh, people wow. don't I've stopped hanging out with people because they lived in Brooklyn not because <laughs> they lived it. just because I can't see them because sure. like it's not right right New York in general yeah you don't leave your neighborhood very often the only reason I come into Brooklyn is because I have a car if I did not have a car I would not come to Brooklyn because I can drive to Brooklyn it takes me 20 minutes drive to Brooklyn from Queens. Oh, man. From where I am in Queens. If I take the train here, I would have taken me an hour and forty minutes to get here. Wow. Because you have to go like into Manhattan all the way like through Manhattan and come uh, back. There's no. no like direct route. Uh,
1: New York is it, it's so it's so big, it's hard for me to like wrap my mind around. I didn't the first time that I came here was when I was thirty seven. So like two years ago. I had never been to New York, and now I've been here like five times since I keep coming yeah, back. Yeah, you're for coming work. here all the time but it's just like i love it oh every I time i it. get here uh, every every time uh, it's and my wife was like when you go you're going to love it and you're going to want to live there we're yeah. not moving it's not happening so
0: well because I, you have a house yes and like no yeah. you should not no, like you, no. you i i i love new york and i always i almost always want to tell people not to move here because i'm like cuz i don't want you to live here cuz you're going to love it Right. And then the city's gonna try to spit you out because that's what the city does. It just makes everything more difficult and yeah. everything more expensive, and it tries to get you to leave. And then you hold on for dear life, <laughs> trying not. And that's what living living in it's like riding a bull. Like living in New York is like riding on a bull that does not want you riding on it, <laughs> and it's doing everything you can to make it leave. But it's the most exhilarating and fun thing ever. And it's like I love it here so much. Yeah. And I will hopefully live here forever. Yeah. But, you know, that bull is bucking. So, we'll try it's just then I go to a place like like Portland, for yeah. example. Two of our best friends live in Portland. You should be friends with the Phillips family. I'm going to recommend that you guys are buddies. Yes. Um, but um yeah, Mike and Julie Phillips are like some of my favorite people and they just bought a house in Portland. Nice. And it's like but that's what I, but th- those words they just bought a house isn't a thing you can say in new york city right there is no you just bought a house there aren't houses they uh, don't exist yeah. like there's some if you go real far deep brooklyn deep queens there's some houses like f- f- super far north in um Bronx like kind of where the suburbs start bleeding into the city right that's where you'll find some houses but then you're so far out that you're not doing anything there's also how it says in Staten Island but Staten Island is like a su- <laughs> it's like a pseudo borough it's like oh. I mean no no offense to Staten Island but right. like you guys know you're part of New Jersey like <laughs> I- <it's> just- <laughs> I do I do feel
1: like I need to clarify that I love my city I love Portland it's oh Portland's it's amazing. amazing like it it is everything that I was looking for so I'm from the Midwest yeah. moved moved to the west coast and made it up to Portland and um, the people uh, the people are friendly uh, they're weird I love it there I love how you know? weird
0: it is and that's what I love about it yeah
1: and I mean they you know every every place has their good and bad things but I I just I, I love. I love the I love the area I love the city I love that when I leave my house and get on the highway I can look out and there's a volcano I yeah. see a volcano
0: every morning it's ridiculous it's crazy it is I remember the first time I went to Portland I was at the time Uh, a big fan of the show portlandia yes and i said something to somebody there and like some like snooty portlander (laughs) was just like we all hate that show Uh, because it it's that's not what portland portland's like and then i spent a week in portland and i was like this is exactly what portland's like this show is so accurate it's ridiculous (laughs) this is exactly what this city like if you watch the show portlandia i'm like that is what the city is it is so it's so funny to go back and watch now that i live there because i recognize
1: places and the things they're talking about totally I mean, it's, it's so it's accurate. Real. It's so funny. and also uh shrill, the show that just came out, um, which I
0: need to so I watched the pilot episode only. I need yeah. to get into it. I'm so like, they they
1: filmed a bunch of it like across the street from in in my neighborhood like across
0: from my house kind of oh wow. like walking did it distance. take place like, in Portland? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I thought it did actually because she was on like yeah. a weird little like local newspaper and I felt very portlandy Like we're, we're
1: watching it and and there's this there's a part where she's walking. Uh, with her mom, like, down a street, and I see the street sign, and I'm like, holy shit, that's, m- that's here. That's our block.
0: <laughs> yeah, so... Oh, now you guys know what it's like. That's what it's like watching TV. When you live in New oh York, God, you I see... Bet. I see things I recognize every single day. All the time, I'm i mean, sure. I mean, there's a difference between seeing things you recognize, like, oh, they're by the Empire State Building. Like, of course, I'm going to recognize that. Right. But when I'm just like, they're at my deli. Right. What are they doing? Totally. What are, what are Rizzoli and Isles doing at my... <laughs> <laughs> My deli, amazing. Uh, is that show still on? Uh, let's I hope. Don't think so. Um, speaking of TV, I thought it would be interesting to talk to you about um, big guy representations in TV. Okay. Because I, when I moved to New York, it was the intent. I never intended to be a model. Uh, I moved here to be an actor. Right. I moved here specifically to do musical theater. I went to one uh, audition for Broadway and realized I was hopelessly outclassed. And right. I was like, Ooh, well, maybe I should switch. And I then I started going to um, the American Academy of Dramatic Art, which is a uh, classical conservatory mm-hmm. in New York. And I got more into just what, I, what we called straight acting because I wasn't doing musicals, I was just acting, I was okay. just doing plays and scenes and stuff and so then I you know my focus switched to being on TV, and I did okay being on TV before I started modeling mm. um, but I played the exact same parts and i I had tens of lines um, <laughs> but it became because of my size, it was right away like you are going to be the bouncer, the prison guard, the mm. something I was never big guys cannot almost are never considered for actual roles. Right. And it drives me nuts. I was watching, I said something similar on last week's episode when I was on my buddy Paul, but I was watching, have you seen the show Barry on HBO? Yes. It's, fucking amazing. It's one of my favorite shows ever. So let me preface Before I say anything, let me preface that because I think it's one of the best written shows. I think it's one of the funniest shows. I think Bill Hader is absolutely incredible. It's my favorite show on TV right now. Without a doubt. It is so, so good. But so we're watching it and me and my wife are loving it and we're laughing and we're enjoying it. And we're both like had a thought at the same time. And we thought it was the same thought and it was not. And Laura's like, I was going to say... And I was like, no, 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 you go first. And she goes, I was going to say I love it because, like, you know, Bill Hader, he's not like your average leading man. He's, like, so relatable. And I said, oh, I was about to say the exact opposite. And I was like, <laughs> she's like, what? And I was like, I mean, he's not the typically handsome guy, but he's still a handsome guy mm. in good shape Five, 11, six foot, wearing a with a thirty inch waist, right, doing the th- like he's still. I'm like he is. Like you're kind of, yeah. He's immensely talented and he's immensely. But he is. I said, babe, I could never in a million years. Even if I wrote it, Bill Hader wrote the show. Yeah. Even if I wrote this show, mm-hmm. no production company in the world would put me in that role. And if I did put me in that role, there'd have to be a hundred jokes about why I'm big and fat. Totally. Like like it would become a show. I feel like when big guys are on it, it becomes a show about them being big. There has it has to be mentioned in some way, shape, or form. Totally. And it drives me insane. Because I was like, I love Bill Hader and I think he's amazing. And I guess he's non traditional, but he's non traditional the way Jack Nicholson was non traditional. Right, right. Yes, he had a more char- he has a more character y face, but he's still a handsome guy right. that is in great shape, that is exact like tv proportions totally like he's no brad pitt
1: but no you know he gets the job done exactly yeah uh so there are two things that i that i want to say along these lines and the first thing is that uh i actually saw you on tv Um, what when yes i saw it limitless
0: Yeah, I was on that show. (laughs) You were like the brother. I was the brother on Limitless, and then they recast me because they made me shave my beard. How dare they! I was on the pilot, and I was so excited. It was my first pilot, and it was like you know a possibly recurring role because it was the brother to the lead character. Right. And what they did was, you know, I've I always have a beard as an adult. I always have a beard because I know I look like a toddler without one. I understand the people who cast me came up to me the day of they'd never seen me clean shaven they'd never seen a picture of me clean shaven they'd mm. never seen anything and they come up and they're like all right we need to shave your beard off and I was like whoa 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 whoa, whoa wait what do you what do you mean <laughs> and they're like we need to shave off your beard and I said I don't think that's a good idea I look terrible I even started begging them, like can we at least keep a mustache or something right. I was like I, I was like it's not gonna look good I promise you if you clean shave me I'm gonna look terrible and I was playing his I was playing the main character's older brother and the reason they came up to me and they were like so you need to shave because the whole idea is the main character is supposed to be a fuck up and he has like a scraggly beard right so you need to shave and i was like okay i understand your logic i'm telling you you're gonna hate it i'm telling you you're gonna <laughs> hate it and it kind like i even called my agent and i was like you need to tell him i can't do it and the agent's like no go man you have to do it so it's just like the agent said that you can and my agent's like, you can shave or you can leave, is what they said. Oh, damn. And I'm like, well, fine, I'll fucking shave. Wow. I shaved, and um, I no longer looked like his older brother. I immediately looked ten years younger than he did. Yeah. And I was the only family member recast. Oh hell. <laughs> because it was like they're like, oh well, is from the simple thing, they're like, oh, he looks too young. Also, I look too. I was too. I'm too big. To have a baby face, it weirds people out. It like doesn't compute in their head. Being this big with a beard makes sense to people. Yeah. they're like, ah, oh, he's a big lumberjack guy. Right. Being this big and having a little like teeny bopper baby, chubby cheeked angel face. Right. They're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. This is
1: weird. Did that? Did that come out around the same time that we start? That we started talking? Yes. Okay. Yes, it did. Because I feel like I. <laughs> I didn't see it because we were like I saw it my on my own. Like I, I'm yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. sure I saw it on my own, and I was like, "Holy shit!" It was a it's cool show. Guy. They
0: had like three seasons. They did well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I, I wasn't just, on it, but <laughs> yeah. it. but even in that show, everyone everyone on TV is this typical athletic build person, and it, even when they're trying to be even even, which drives me nuts. Right. like Barry even in the in the cast in their in their acting class that they're in and mm-hmm. it's supposed to be a mishmash of average people they're all very slim people right and it, like it's kind of like oh, but okay that's not what it's like that's well, not what it's like
1: you're totally right we get to play the funny guy we get to play the villain and you and and you see that if you if you look at most of the roles that bigger guys are in but i do think that we are going to see that change because you look at yeah. something like shrill where she's killing it. Not only was, was shrill good because like you could identify with like for me watching the show, I, I could identify with being like, you know, you're, you're trying to date somebody who, who doesn't quite want to claim you or they want Dude. you
0: to, she has to sneak out the back door and yes. climb over a fence to get away. Yes. Or, and I dated someone like that where I was like, I was like the, I was like the, I don't know, like, the guilty pleasure. Like, the right. embarrassment where they didn't want to know, like, that I was totally, totally. in the picture because it was embarrassing to them. Yeah. Like,
1: or, you you know, she she doesn't feel like she's worthy yeah. of anything. And you see these things in this show, and that really stands out. But then she also comes around, and they, they actually had, a, they had like, a, a sex scene where yeah. she was in her underwear and nothing else. And you, you see roles, and they went with it. And it wasn't, yeah. like... They weren't playing it up to be just like
0: gratuitous. I mean, it was just part of the part of the story. It was it was part of the story, and it was stuff yeah. like I, there was a movie um, called Patty Cake, which is one of my favorites, and you would love it. Have you seen Patty Cake? I have not. Oh, dude! So Danielle McDonald, who's this amazing plus actress, she was just in. Do you see Dumplin' on Netflix? Yes. She, it's that girl. Oh, The girl okay. who plays Dumplin'. Has another movie that a couple of years earlier called Patty Cakes, Okay. where she is a big white girl from New Jersey trying to be a rapper. Yes, so fucking good. I've seen the trailer for it. Yeah, it's yeah. one of my favorite movies. It like it, it hit my top ten favorite movie list. Having seen it one time, oh, I was obsessed man. with it. And what's great about it, and what it was the first time it struck me, is she has a sex scene. Not even a sex scene. There's a love. She has a love scene, a romantic sex love scene with a character in it and it wasn't a joke it wasn't a thing it wasn't like oh where do i go oh, i hope we don't break the bed <laughs> right. it was like they just had an actual love scene it was the first time i saw a plus person in a legit romance scene which is mind-blowing to see
1: that when you don't see it at all and there's no representation but i see things like that i see shrill and there's a show that we just watched on on netflix i think it's called special and okay it is it's uh, this the, the guy who wrote it uh has cerebral palsy and he is uh, yes yeah and, i know what you're talking about and we watched it, and, it and, and it's the episodes are 15 minutes long and so at first i was kind of like is this a web series that netflix got but as it went on it it was great it was yeah. really good and they just did such a great job of being real and and Putting a main character in a role that was really uh, something that they're not allowed to do. Yeah. And I think I I 100% agree with you that right now if if we are seeing people being portrayed, uh, you know, bigger people or whatever being portrayed on TV, it is specifically talking about the thing that they are. So Sheryl is yeah. talking about somebody being bigger and yes. and reclaiming themselves. Yeah. But I. Absolutely believe that this is,
0: this is a stepping stone. Like you doing what you do is a stepping stone. No, I totally agree. And one thing that I've noticed, and it was kind of a thing that came to me when I was acting, because. Again, I didn't decide to start modeling. It, was, it fell into my lap. Right. And I was very lucky. And I grabbed hold of it with both hands and went all in with it. Yeah. But it wasn't a thing I was pursuing. It just sort of happened. It was my like acting agent who set up the audition for my first print gig for Target. Like, right. um, but what I was starting to do at the time um, was I realized the way non-traditional people Get their stuff actually seen And out there Is by making it themselves mm. Same Edie Bryant's, is She's the executive producer That's her show right. on Shrill sure. Like even um, Again it's a bad example But even things like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia Now those are all thin people But right. they were still Non-traditional in a way And it's because they yeah. created it They were people that would not get booked right. normally But they created it in a way And it's like so that was kind of like the path I was going. Like I started writing and I started doing stuff and I was like, wow, the only way into this as a bigger person, as a non-traditional looking person, is to create your own material, which right. is a great way in, but I still long for the days where like it's not gonna be that. We're, where where
1: a person just casts you. Totally. Like, We're gonna get there. I really I wanna see I wanna see the fat
0: Indiana Jones is what I want to yes. see. I mean You know you what know. was great? It was a great, great thing of that. So um uh, Maria Bamford, she's a comedian who's amazing. She's one of my favorite comedians, and she um, had a show on Netflix called uh, Lady Dynamite. Weird as shit, great weird show. Yeah, touched a lot about mental illness and talking about fucking neurotic and great show. It's amazing, but her love interest was a big guy, and hmm. it's never mentioned. Once in the thing she just is her love interest and i was like and i don't even think she meant to do it but i was just like this is great to me that was like we are never gonna talk like it's just never being mentioned that that he's a bigger guy he just is the love interest they just met and now they're together and i was like it's such a simple thing but it meant so much to me right that that was the case and i was like fuck
1: yes that's great we are headed in the right direction i think in in culture we're really seeing things heading toward that and to your point of creating your own thing, uh, like with Shrill, I mean, yeah, you know, Lindy West wrote this book, and it was based on her book, and it yeah, turned yeah. into this bigger
0: thing, and it's amazing that something like that could happen. Same and- with Dumplin'. Like, Julie Murphy wrote this book because she didn't have... And then they got option for the movie, and And then Danielle McDonald, who had already been doing movies like Patty Cake about being the bigger person, it was like, oh, I love it. I love that it's starting, and I I do feel with you. I'm very optimistic, but at the same time, I'm like a little annoyed, especially like with um, like all these superhero movies out right now. Yes, part of me always wants to be like, okay, they're superheroes. They have superhuman strength. They have superhuman strength because they were blasted by radiation or because a spider bit them or something like that how come they have to be shredded in order like their physical muscle shreddedness doesn't have anything to do with how they got the power so why the fuck do they all have to be jacked so
1: i am i'm a super comic book book nerd and have been forever so uh uh one of the one of the things the one complaint that I think I have about Marvel movies is that, uh, in Thor, his buddies are the warriors three. It's these, you know, these other dudes that, yeah. you know, they, they show up, they get, they got killed in Ragnarok. So whatever. But one of the guys was supposed to be a fat guy. Uh, and he was not, um, uh, I am, uh, attempting to bring up this thing on my phone here so I can, uh, So I can tell you more about it, but uh, but he was supposed to be a bigger person. Well, in in the in the comics and everything, he was a much bigger dude. He was just this big round guy, and they didn't do that. They ended up going with a guy who was like ripped. He was, uh, I don't even remember. He was in Rome. If you ever watched that on HBO, but no. But they
0: do the same with um, with with a lot of the stuff. With um, uh, what's his name? What's the guy? Um, uh, uh, Professor X's brother, the the juggernaut. Right. The Juggernaut, they made much slimmer and much more like a muscular dude totally. than like the big fucking ball that he was. And like, okay, Vincent D'Onofrio played Kingpin. Right. Vincent D'Onofrio was a big guy, yeah, but like he's 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 not a huge dude. Like dude in the middle here, uh, Volstag from the the Warriors Three. It's that that
1: guy uh, was in the comics was like a big round fat dude that yeah. was just awesome swilling viking Ugh. you know
0: but they they didn't go that route I well they don't because it's and, and I understand that these things are businesses sure so it happens a lot and we get the same arguments in fashion we get the arguments that um, well, there's no, you know, our market tested data says people respond to this. Right. And I'm like, yeah, but you haven't market tested the other data. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just haven't tried. They're like, well, it says big. Like, for example, I was told one time, like, we don't do big and tall because our market data shows that big guys don't buy clothes. To which I responded and said, you don't make clothes for big guys. How do you know they don't buy them so if course. you never give them the option to purchase it in the first place? Right. How do you know that a bigger person on screen won't do better when you've never done it? Totally. You have no idea. Right. They're like, oh, well, this is what this is what our uh, market testing says. And yeah. I'm like, well, your market testing is already being graded on a curve. So right. You, you... People are afraid of change. They Everything, are. Everything, especially like... In TV, everything's still very formulaic. And it's like, this is a formula that someone came up with 70 years ago and it worked. So we're going to keep it for 70 years. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is people like Shrill and like Mm -hmm. even shows like It's Always Sunny and stuff like that come around, or even shows like The Office, like come around and they break the molds. Right. And then what happens? They come up, they went, oh, wow, they broke the formula. So then what happens is 15 shows with the new formula coming. Like, how many rip-offs were there of It's Always Sunny in the Office, of like the sure. same thing? And some of them were good. Some of them I still liked, but it was like... right. It was very, very interesting.
1: I absolutely think that if you don't see something out there that you want to
0: see, you need to make it You need to make your own thing. I think that's like the bottom line of of both
1: of our careers. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be something that's on a network. It doesn't have to be this big budget thing. Make your thing. If you have a passion for a thing, make it. Even if it starts out as a small yeah. kind of thing, uh, you you grow it. You see what happens, and
0: this both started as a small thing for you and me. Totally, I was not living off of my Target money. Sure, I was having right. an extra like couple hundred bucks a month, and I was excited that like I didn't have to order from the kids menu at a restaurant. Like right. that was my right. that was that, that was the bonus I got. It wasn't like I was but you know it started off small but then it grew into this big thing because we like me with modeling and you with Chubster just just went full at it. You and just you kept keep going at it. And you, you just have to it. keep it's a grind. You cannot stop. You cannot let up.
1: Right, right. And yeah, it's there are so many great things that have come out of out of Chubster for me, but it is still, it is still a grind. I mean, it, it's, it's not, it's not like. It's work. People yeah. don't think it's
0: work. Right. It's still a it is lot all of work.
1: work. Yeah.
0: That's why they call it work. Right. Right. Because it is. It, and it's like, yeah, I work as a model. I'm not, I'm not in a coal mine. I'm not, you know, doing, right. I'm not in a, in a soybean field picking. Like I'm, my, my job is way easier than a lot of people's. Yeah. I'm it, not lying, but it's still work. I'm but with it's you, It's still man. very. Like, I was doing a shoot with um, Winston Box early yeah. on, early on, uh, like when Winston Box was like just sort of uh, gaining traction. We did a big, big shoot uh, back when Daniel Friend's SC was with them, and we mm-hmm. did a big shoot. And there was one guy who was a uh, former 49ers um, lineman. Right. And. I remember he, you know, and we're shooting and he had a great look. And then he, at the end of it, I was like, How's it going? He goes, I am so fucking tired. And I was like, What? And he goes, I had no idea how exhausting this would be. He goes, I would rather go to football practice every day of my life (laughs) than do this. And he couldn't, he could not get over how much just physical work it was because it's all isolated. You're just, you're not, you don't stop moving, even though they're like, Oh, you're just posing. And I'm like, But it's, it's more than that. It's a full body awareness that like, you have to know what every single part of you is doing at all times. You have to be able to make exact adjustments at the tiniest hint. You have to stay focused because the main thing about modeling is having life behind your eyes. Hmm. That's most of it is looking like a person Yeah, and which means you cannot just zone out and do the thing you have to, have thoughts and feelings behind your eyes so you actually have to think of something which is funny and you do you can think of anything but you actually have to have like a story like in your mind and in your heart like while you're doing it or at least an emotion you're trying to portray i don't know it's a very it might not be as physically exhausting it definitely is physically exhausting because mm-hmm. you're you're on your feet for you know eight to twelve hours so you're it's right. physically exhausting you never stop moving um but it's more mentally exhausting than anything else. It is. You have to be so focused at all times.
1: Knowing how to pose is a thing. It is like there's an art to it in that oh. it, and it's something that I like today, doing the thing today, I'm still not comfortable. I'm not at that point where I'm like, you know, when I when I look at like I'll look at the things that you're doing or that other guys are doing, and you can kind of see
0: where You learn specific moves. Like you learn what works for you. Right. I do I like roll through the same stuff. Yeah. Like when, cause you know, when it always, when a shoot starts, they're usually like, let's just start, let's just get at it. Like they don't really give you any direction. They're like, let's just go. And for a long time I was like, I have no fucking idea what that means. And I just like stand there. Now I'm like, all right, they're like, let's just go. I'm like, cool. Let's roll through the Zach Miko greatest hits. Yes. Of poses, yes. and
1: then we can go from there. So, so I, I, I want to give my secrets here as far as my poses. As you should. I've got, I've, I've only got a few, and basically the way that it is working at this point is, uh, I start out laughing because laughing's I, great. I find that if I think too much about the fact that I'm doing this, it, it kind of, you know, it's just. Yeah. insane. You know, so you Oh, it's funny. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Totally. It is. It's ridiculous. So so a lot of what I'm doing, I'm laughing. It's uh, kind of shifting from one, you know, weight on one leg to another, kind of yep. moving around. Hands in the pockets.
0: Hands in the pockets. Hands out of pockets. Yeah. Find out which kind of hands in the pockets they like. There's three ways to put your hand in your pocket. Yeah, people don't know that Ooh. shit. There's the uh, there's a full hand going all the way in. Right. And then there is hand with the thumb out. Yes. Which is either something brands love or hate. Mm. Every brand has their own pocket routine or with jeans or something like that you'll do just the thumb you'll just hook a thumb in the pocket those are those are your three pockets i was in (laughs) i was in chinos and i had my i did have i tried thumb out today Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh and they're like what are you doing yeah they're no 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 (laughs) well it's interesting it actually depends on the pants with chinos you have to put with any like chinos or khakis or dress pants you have to put in full hand otherwise you look ridiculous
1: here's my other problem is that i have t-rex arms so trying to get my hands into my pockets i really have to i have to be thoughtful and i have to like i have to lean forward so i kind of bend my body a little bit like i'm <laughs> something yeah. funny or like i'm you know i don't know like i'm thinking about something or you know, yeah I, looking down at my shoes or something yeah 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 there's a very specific my arms are too short for this to work here's how
0: we make it work oh my god and, and you start to learn these things and it's just but well yes you yeah, you become comfortable with what your body can do there have been poses where they're like can you do this and I'm like no yeah I can't do that I had one person um, I did a shoot for Cosmo and they really really badly the photographer wanted me to go up on the toes Of my feet and like throw my arms back like Michael Jackson, to which I said, "No, I tried it like twice." And she's like, "It's not gonna work." And I'm like, "I don't know what makes you think it would work." Right, for real. I weigh at least three times Michael Jackson's weight. Right, and like way less scandals.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. But but no,
0: but it's like I was like, I don't. That's another. uh, That's that is a thing that I realized when I started modeling. It was. Um, there are things that as a bigger, there are poses that as a bigger person, I cannot do. Yeah. Or there are poses that as a bigger person look ridiculous, that look real cute when 140 pound Jimmy does it. Yeah. But when, you know, 300 pounds Zach does it, it does not look very good. (laughs) Are there
1: like, are there specific things
0: you stay away from? Um, there are things that I know they're like twists is a big thing Hmm. like and they'll do like they'll twist their torso and kind of like look in a weird way which looks really hot if you have a six-pack and those like oblique abs right but when you are my size it looks like you're posing for like a a maternity commercial right it looks like you're like (laughs) so it's like stuff like that where it's like that just doesn't work for guys like us also i stay away from doing um anything to so like i do you know every now and then we'll do like athletic wear right you want me to run great oh. you want me to jump i can do that when you start getting me to try to do like these weird things where it's like i'm not that flexible my body cannot do that right. i know your last um uh, yoga teacher model mm. could do this but i can't do that i don't do that and they're like just you know just, just, like just try and i'm like there's not trying like I know the limits of what I can do and I can't hold that yoga pose right. enough for you to take a photo. I so wish I could, but I can't. Are you? Do you? Do you like sweat it at the drop of a hat? Or are you? Like I start a- sweating immediately. Yeah, right, That's the main right. thing is they when they try to have you do athletic things. Yeah. Being a big guy. Yeah. I start sweating if it's above 65 degrees. Yes. 65. I'm even like 62. I'll start sweating sometimes, but if it's over 65, I'm. Today it was 72 degrees or something like that. And I actually have like a little bit of a sunburn because I have like a little small like garden backyard area. And it was so nice that I was like, I'm I'm sitting outside. And I was not moving. I was sitting down, like working on my computer, like in out on the deck, pouring sweat because Uh. it was like 70-something degrees. It's like I just so as soon as you like start physical activity, I'm like, I'm gonna start pouring. Totally. Like I can do and I've told I've told people that. They're like, I was doing something it was with DXL, I was doing some um, athletic wear thing for like Reebok and they're like, All right, we want you to run and I said, Cool, is this the last thing I'm shooting today? They're, <laughs> like, they're like, What? No. And I was like, Cool. Can we make it the last thing I'm shooting today? Because we can do it. And we will, and I was like, oh, it's basically just letting them know. I'm like, I'm happy to do it now, but you're going to have me have to go through full hair and makeup again. Yeah. And, like, I'm cool with it, but I'm just letting you guys know. And then they they really realize I start doing it, and then I just start, just just drips right. down my face. And it's just like, yeah, okay, now let's go, and I'll dry off, and I'll, like, try to cool down, and then we'll redo hair and makeup, and then we can keep shooting. But it's right. like, I'm going to sweat. I'm going to sweat a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's... uh it's it's interesting to see what people want you to do. I like the the jumping thing, man. I'm
0: not They always want yeah. you to jump. Uh, jumping is a big thing that they want for some reason. I always hate that.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, it, it's <laughs> there are things that like I think it's important that's a, like the biggest thing I'll say like for modeling is knowing not just what you can do, but mm. but know what you can't do. Know your limitations. Know it's not gonna And the only way to learn those is to try always try when they want you to do something mm-hmm. but if you know it can't be done just go listen guys I can't I know I can't do it right like sorry but it's just I can't do but then you know offer them other things but I can do this and like I am suggesting poses and suggesting shots to photographers on mm-hmm. a constant basis because I've now been doing this for like four years right so you know and I've learned yeah. hey I can't do what you're asking but I know like the vibe you're looking for, right? Let's try this. I think this will get you kind of the same place. One of the things that I found, and I'm curious if this is something
1: you came across, is that uh, there are there are poses or certain looks or certain things that you can do that uh, seem insane. Like you would oh, never yeah. do them in real life because oh, you yeah. would look like a crazy person. But when you do them and you're being photographed, it looks it looks amazing. It works out. Oh yeah. And so uh, to me, that was one of the things is it's like, yes, definitely know your limitations, know what works, think about those things, but also
0: be open to what they're doing because it's all about trust. It's you need to trust like the trust uh, as far as limitation goes was, you know, trust yourself to know what you can and can't do, but also trust when they when there's something that you might be uncomfortable with Mm -hmm. and unsure of trust that the crew around you knows what they're doing also right and trust that if it's not working they'll tell you it's not working they'll go all right we tried it let's move on like let's go right like like that that's um you're working like that it's just a good good relationship to have with a photographer it's Hmm. good to go to your crew that you're working with as a and you'll develop it the longer you model you'll develop the like i'm a peer i am a coworker of yours i'm not here we're we're here because everyone in the room's goal is to get these shots so we can all go home and so the brand has what they need that's everyone in the room's goal right so let's make that happen mm. together and, and and it's and it's it's you know it's a balance everything's a balance it's not cut or it's not black or white yeah. It's kinda of like what we were saying about like canceling people earlier. There there's a lot of middle ground in life. Sure. <laughs> so you need to find the middle ground in what you're doing. Right. Right. It works out great. This has been fun. This has been. Absolutely. This has been great. I love talking to you. Absolutely. This is great. I, I love this
1: too, man. This it's awesome when we get to get together and just kinda I do know this and shoot the shit and just, you know. Exactly. This is this is fun for me because this is the first episode of the new Chubster, Chubster podcast. Hell yeah. yeah. So I think that uh, you know, I didn't really have like a specific goal for this, but I think with the the Chubster podcast just kind of in general, I really want to, I want to have some of this, but I also want to be able to share people's stories. And, totally. You know, just do that. I think I think there's so much value in, in that.
0: Absolutely. So. I mean, it's, it's I think the reason I know one of the main things that helped me in my career as far as stories wise goes is i was always willing like you have to be willing to be open and share personal stories right. and share like even to to a fault sometime i've had my mother call me and yell at me for things i've said on the time, but it's fun
1: that is that's all that is one of the one of the things there have been things where i've 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 offhand talked about something and my mom's like oh i listened to that and it was a great interview but you said this
0: was this really a thing? And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. I know. <laughs> you know. I know. You have to be, but it's, but it's, you know, you still gotta be, well, you still gotta say them, right? Right. You gotta, yeah. <laughs> you gotta be like, it's, it's being open. And also, what's great is, and you'll learn this going through, like having the Chubster podcast, is we are all, we all have such common experiences with each other. So when you take the time to listen to another person's story, because that's all my podcast is, is me going to people who I think are interesting, who I think are doing great things. right? And I go, tell me your story. Tell me what, tell me who you are and let's talk about who you are. And we'll bounce back and forth and we'll pick each other's brains about stuff. But like, tell me, tell me about you. Yeah.
1: I love that. I think, yeah, I'm excited to do it. And I, I really, I want to do this kind of stuff, but I, I also want to, uh, I want to kind of hand it off to people when they have a story they want to tell. I just think, I yeah. think there's so much value in just kind of letting people express themselves in interesting ways.
0: Everyone so. in the world wants to be seen and heard. Yes. And we go through life trying to figure out how to be seen and heard. Right. And that's so you'll connect to people deeper than ever. We're literally just being able to be like, I see you. I hear you. Right. And, and, and be like. It, it, it like a personal connection is what people are looking. For. I think that's why podcasting in general has become so popular because it's much more personal than even a radio show sure. with the corporate sponsors and all that stuff. It's much more right straightforward and sometimes like painfully straightforward. I had um there's a show I love <laughs> mm-hmm. called in Your Mom's House with um Tom Segura and Christina P. Oh yeah and um. They're, I mean, they've been around, they've had a podcast for 10 years, it's huge, but they were always very true to themselves and who themselves is. I mean, they're both comedians and they're both crude and hilarious, and they talk about the dirtiest shit ever. Are they
1: married? They is are
0: they? married, yeah yeah, 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 and talk about the dirtiest shit ever, and it's hilarious to me. And they lost a $2.3 million sponsorship. Because Holy of the content shit. they had on their podcast, and they were kind of giving the ultimatum whether to like not do that or not, and they're like, "Well, this is what our show is," uh, and I just love that. I love yes. that they they just knew who they they know who they are, and they gave it. Like, McDonald's was giving them two point three million dollars, uh, then and then they took it all back. Wow. <laughs> it was like, but they were like no this is what this is what we do this is we want to be seen and heard and they they have guests on who talk about crazy ass shit but they're like this is no this is what we're doing sorry it's important to know who you are it is but it's going to take you forever to figure it out so you got to take your time you got to take your time but before we end should we should we announce the the thing i think we we should yeah i think we should so Do you want to announce it or do I want to announce it? I don't know. It's your Uh, thing. You should announce it. So,
1: so, so, you know, one of the, one of the things with Chubster that has, uh, that's really important to me is that we are able to share different people's experiences and have different voices, uh, represented there. And, you know, I've been doing it for a long time, but I think it's really important to have that. And, uh, you and I have
0: talked and, uh, you're going to start doing an advice column. I am. I am on. I'm the new uh, one of the new writers for Chubster.com. Yes. yes. We're going to be doing a weekly advice column. Mm. Um, we don't know what that it's called yet. I was thinking big questions, just because. Right. Right. I just keeping with my big theme. I go with, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we'll we'll come up with a better name. Um, but we're going to be doing a weekly advice column, uh, where questions are going to be submitted anonymously. Mm. Because I want you guys to be as open and honest as humanly possible. Right. And you're gonna ask me about all things in life, what it's like to go through life as a big person. Uh, mostly it'll be about you, again, being seen and being heard. This is about you. Right. The advice column is you writing into me with a thought, a question an issue and you're going to be anonymous. So you don't have to freak out or anything like that. And you will, if you want advice right. on dating, if you want advice on going through life, being big, if you want advice on just dealing with your family, if you want advice on clothes, you want advice on everything. So, right. cause we already have on Chubster Answerland, which sure. is a great um, advice show for what to wear, what brands to go for, where to buy this. And we're going to be a little more personal with, this advice column so right. we want to talk about anything I can do to help alleviate your life or answer questions because we all we all need we all need some help sometimes this is good because it's deeper I yeah. think you're looking for the
1: deeper questions with this one and I, and I think it is it's something that um,
0: we aren't always allowed to ask those things we aren't allowed to talk about those things and that's why we're hoping the anonymity of it helps because even if you want to be talking about some like sexual issues you have or whatnot, and and that's a question that's very scary to ask in person but I'll anonymously give you and one of the things I'm going to do is I'm also going to be real and open with you guys if any of this relates to my actual life then I'll share my common experiences with it I'm willing to be open well let's (laughs) But but it's it's yeah because it, yeah whether it's sexual or whatever or right. or about your own thoughts and insecurities or depression or things you don't want to talk about or things you might be afraid to talk about. Right. With our new column, we want to invite you to ask those questions and try to help them out as yeah. best we can.
1: And so so by the time this comes out, we will have something up that will show you where you can ask your questions and yeah. Uh,
0: probably we'll, we'll probably have a name for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have a name. We'll. we'll yeah. I might even ask people for names. I, yeah. we're, I'm leaning big questions, but we'll I like, see. I like big questions. I like that. It's that's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. I like double meanings and things. Yeah. That's like my favorite <laughs> thing. So yeah, but but yeah, we're very excited. So if you guys have any questions, I mean, I'll be talking about it. Uh, in perpetuity on uh, on big things I'll be telling you exactly where to go to ask questions you're gonna head over to Chubster nice. uh, we're gonna set up um, the way for you to submit your questions anonymously mm-hmm. and and I hope you guys read it weekly yeah. we, I don't we don't know we don't we haven't decided what day it goes up right. we haven't decided the name right. we just are letting you know that this column is happening and I'm excited, and Bruce is excited.
1: This is how most things work on Chubster. There's an idea, and yeah. we'll figure
0: out the details later. Yeah, yep. exactly. But it's coming out in, well, you know, in the next couple of weeks. You'll you guys will start guys will start seeing it. Yes, and I cannot wait. This Absolutely. is a blast. Absolutely, what a great man. first Chubster podcast. Episode. I love it. I love it. Awesome. All right, cool. Well, well, you. It's your show. Take us out. All right. Well, uh, we
1: definitely have to do this again. Because Absolutely, this is phenomenal. Um, We normally end our heavy conversation podcast just telling people to, uh, follow us and tell your friends, all that kind of stuff. I'm just going to say, uh, thanks for checking in on this first one. If you're listening through the Chubster podcast and, uh, uh, to you, I'm going to say thanks for having me back because of course this is awesome. I think anytime we get to just kind of sit and shoot the shit and talk about this stuff, it's it's amazing.
0: So. Cool. I know it's so much fun. So listen to us on both of our oh both the Chubster podcast and here on Big Things. Yes, they'll probably come out like a couple weeks apart. So if you miss it once, you can go see the other. It's going to be great. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Bruce. All right. Cool. We'll see everyone later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. That was amazing. Guys, we're so excited for this column. As soon as we have everything set up, we will be showing you where you can anonymously submit your questions. Um, And we're going to have a good time with it. It's going to be like Ask Abby, but for like big people. It's going to be fun. (laughs) Um, Anyway, um, please remember to follow everyone on the social medias. Follow Chubster. C-H-U-B-S-T-R No E, just the R C-H-U-B-S-T-R Follow Chubster Follow me at Zach Miko Z-A-C-H-M-I-K-O Guys, I'm really excited for all the things That the future has to come And I hope you guys feel that too It's very much like a spring energy thing Like a, let's get back to it The snow is melted and the birds are chirping Let's go do our thing So Everyone go have a good time. And remember, until next week, please go out into the world and do big things.